a very big um, hair jumped and, and we were in, 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 in a very good position with the wind on our back and so she, ma she made the, the chase. The, the rabbit was flying, the, the, the jackrabbit was flying. She was running and running and running and she, 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 um, Maggie chased. She managed to, 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 to fly with the, with the wind on her tail and, and make the, the movement and get the jackrabbit by herself. I had to run a lot and, and she kept the rabbit, the, the jackrabbit, and it was incredible. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the Falconry Told podcast and our second installment of our first international series featuring Mexican falconry. Got to go ahead and start off by giving a quick shout out to all the people who have helped make this podcast possible over the last four years, being our longtime supporters and Marshall Radio Telemetry, the makers of the most carefully engineered and reliable tracking systems available. For more information on their awesome products, including their GPS system, head to marshallradio.com. I'd also like to thank Pursuit Falconry and Conservation Magazine for their continued support and promotion of the podcast. If you'd like another great falconry publication that is loaded with all kinds of great falconry content, including articles, pictures, and information about other falconry equipment, I highly recommend going to pursuitfalconry.co.uk and subscribing today. And of course, a special thank you goes out to the North American Falconers Association and the Falconry Fund, whose small grants program stimulates innovative science, outreach, and scholarly activities for the North American falconry community that specifically supports raptor conservation, falconry traditions, and falconers themselves. The program is much appreciated, and I hope you continue to offer it to everyone in the falconry community well into the future. And with that, our second installment of the International Mexican Falconry Series continues with Antonio Miguel Muzi. Here we go. It's nice to meet you, Antonio. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to come and hang out. Nice and, to uh, meet you, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, this is, like I said, this is my first time in Mexico. It's been really neat kind of seeing you know, some of the subtle differences. Um, I, I mean, personally, I've been kind of surprised at least on, you know, how much parts of this area, I mean, I know this area is, is, um, you know, fairly commercial compared to other parts of the country, mm -hmm. but I've kind of been surprised to see just how much, you know, this looks like a typical U S city in some ways also. I mean, but ha has this area kind of, Always, I mean, how how much how long has it taken for this area to kind of change into that? I mean, has has this been, you know, like a gradual change, or was it kind of a quick change? Or well, here in Monterrey, we're two hours from um, the U.S. border with Texas. So for many years, um, the city has been built in a similar way as the U.S., and we have a lot of influence from the the U.S especially from Texas, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's pretty industrial. The people that form this city are people that work a lot, very hard, um, big companies, industrial, mm -hmm. and, and uh, they like it like this, right? Are you, are you kind of from this area or? I was born in Mexico City. Okay. But I've been living here in, in Monterrey 
almost 30 years right now. 25, 26. Okay. So you've seen a lot of the the different changes with all the development that's happened and a lot of the growth of this area then. Yes. They say in Mexico it's like two countries, the north and the central south part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see it in the people, in the, in the economic growth, in the wealth. I was very surprised to see, you know, some of these houses and stuff around here are so nice. You know, I mean, like, I mean, not, not saying that there's not obviously nice houses in different parts of Mexico, but I mean, you know, I, um, I was surprised to see uh, just how mountainous this area is. And I was telling Rodrigo this the other day that one of my life goals has been to have like the house on the side of a mountain. Right. <laughs> and it, it surprised me to see just how many of those there were around here. But, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's been interesting, you know, just to kind of see the, the, you know, just the subtle differences. Yeah. The I mean? city has grown so much that now you can, you, you you get um, houses on the on the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. The Monterrey is in a valley, mm-hmm. surrounded by big mountains, very big mountains. So, mm-hmm. and and the weather is a little bit tough, harsh. We're like in 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 the middle of a of, of different zones from the Gulf of Mexico. That uh, it's it's a more tropical, more humid. And and if you go to Coahuila, that's more in, uh, like where you went hunting today. Mm-hmm. It starts to be um, semi-desertic, so it's like we're we're in a zone of different changes, um, diff- um, difficult weather. So the people here are a little bit harsh. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 they have worked um, very hard to to become what Monterrey is right now. Well, that's 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 good to know. Like I said, it's it was interesting. Whenever we um, made the drive earlier to go hunting, this you know early this morning, I think you saying we. I mean, the altitude difference was like, I don't know, it was like three thousand feet difference just in in just the the yeah. change in altitude. Um, yeah, when, anytime I've ever been around places that, that have those changes, you usually notice them pretty quick and it's, <laughs> you know, especially when you get out and start hiking around a bunch, trying to kick up game, Yes, you know, you, you, you can definitely tell the air's thinner. <laughs> yeah. So. Here in Monterrey, we're like 500 meters for above the sea le- level. Mm-hmm. And where you went, it's like almost, um, 1500 Mm-hmm. 2000 gotcha so gotcha well i mean so as far as you know just the the different i mean what what kind of challenges is that kind of put in into play for your for your falconry throughout your life then with all the different uh, changes in the growth of the area i mean how many different areas have you had to go to around here to find quarry and and how how has that changed over the years for you yeah it's been very interesting 20 years ago, you could go hunting very near from your home. Um, you, you could drive barely half an hour and have a good hunting ground. 
for rabbit, hares, quails, ducks, but not anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to drive um, more than half, almost two hours from your home to get a decent hunting ground. That's a decent haul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you can do urban hunting, right? Mm -hmm. I've done it in different times mm -hmm. with a male Harris hawk or, or you can with a Cooper's hawk. And, and you don't have to go out of, of the city, right? Mm -hmm. But what I've um, done mostly for more than 18 years is um, fly a, a couple of Harris hawks, mm -hmm. a pair mainly, depends on, on the years. Mm -hmm. the, uh, sometimes a, uh, a pair of females, sometimes a male and a female, sometimes uh, only a, a, a female. I used to have a, a female Harris hawk that was born here uh, um, from uh, a couple of, of, of Harris hawks that had Rodrigo many, many years ago. And, uh, and she, she died last year. She was 18 years old. And, and we, we used to go hunting every week. Um, once a week, the weekend, mm -hmm. but sometimes two times a week. Depends on, 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 on the work. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure that it, you have to pick and choose a lot more, you know, if you have to drive, you know, that, that amount of distance, you know, to, to, you know, find a decent hunting or get to a decent hunting spot, you have to be, you know, a lot more picky and choosy on your, your time frames with that. Yeah. The thing is, um, you need, you need to go to a, a good place, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to invest time scouting before you start hunting, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so, so it's, a it's, it's, it's you have to like it a lot <laughs> yeah no definitely well and i mean just being honest you, you have to like it a lot even if it's in your own backyard i mean because <laughs> there, there's 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 enough hurdles that you have to that you have to jump you know with with doing this in the first place you know to, let alone you know having the extra desire you know to want to keep doing it whenever you have to drive two hours yeah you know? having a good hunting ground is is very important as you know mm -hmm. So not driving so far or so long is also important, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's, uh, that's a good hurdle in these times, no? Yeah. Modern times. So one thing I, I've been thinking for, for the last years is uh, I need to change somewhere, a smaller city, somewhere that you have... Uh, maybe something not so urban what's your job what do you do for a living around here i mean is would that be easy for you to to find another job doing what you what you do like in a smaller place i have a small business i i've i've been working for more than 20 years um for the food industry uh food and beverage industry okay um we we sell um cleaning and cleaning and sanitizing products for the for the food and beverage industry, so 
Well, here in Monterrey, that's a big business, a big industry mm -hmm. in this zone. So, so that's something I've, I have to think very well. Where, where can I go? that will will still have a, a good business for me. <laughs> and I was going to say, I mean, if, if you kind of run your own business, though, would it be an option if you found another smaller city that had just like some amazing jackrabbit areas around or something that you could relocate there and still, you know, manage your business remotely? I mean, would that be an, an, an option for you? Or? That's an option, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, how long have you been practicing falconry now well i started in my teenage the first tire hook i i had i owned was like i was 15 but i started um hawking seriously like 17 18 okay mainly harry's hawks um then i i i had a a female peregrine Falcon. Then um, I had uh, some Cooper's Hawks. And then uh, I returned to Harry's Hawks. So Harris's have been kind of your favorite. Yeah. I, I love Harry's Hawks. Mm. And you've pretty much primarily, you know, cast flown them for the most part since you've gotten into them. Yeah. That's like the ideal mm -hmm. for me. But depends. Now you have to own the, all the birds you own here in Mexico have to be captive bred. Mm -hmm. um, many years ago, you could have um, passage also legally, but not anymore. So it depends on the availability of birds. Um, we're blessed here in Monterrey because I've known Rodrigo for more than 20 years. Uh, um, we're very good friends, so uh, we almost every year have uh, birds to fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he um, he was kind of filling me in on some of the different, you know, aspects of some of the, the challenges, you know, of getting birds. And I mean, that's that's good that you guys kind of have a nice core of people that work with each other here. That makes things a lot easier for yeah. sure. Not not just in being able to obtain birds, but also uh, you know being willing to to share spots and you know do all the other things that you know, that just make it so hard to even get into the sport in the first place. So. Well, that that's a very important thing you, you you've said. We're supposed to have a, a club, mm -hmm. uh, Monterey um, Falconry Club. But we had golden years where we were like um, almost 15, but not anymore. Um, here in Mexico, uh, people are like pretty apathetic. And, and so it's difficult for, for to work like, like a team in many ways. And and falconry is not no no different. So you have to be friends. You have to be open. You have to help. So 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 it's uh, giving and taking. I agree. You know, and and uh, if you if you do everything on your own, 
it's well number one i think it's not as fun yeah you know it, you know it, because a lot of the it, it's it's kind of hard to explain to people that don't do it but i found that your your experience can be exponentially better or exponentially worse depending on the people that you have around you that you do this with and it doesn't matter how much you like people sometimes they can grate on your nerves just as much as, <laughs> as anybody else but without the, the 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 camaraderie aspect of it it would be i know a little bit harder for me to like it as much um it, you know any anything where you can kind of share with other you know a small group of people that you you know trust and you know are willing to help you and and you're willing to help them i mean it, it makes things that much more fun i think yeah and, and, and that's what this is all about is fun i mean if you're not having fun then you you know you're why are you doing it you yes it, that's that that's the thing as, as you said um when when i started i i read every re every book i could get in mexico mm -hmm. um And, and you start searching for people that know what you don't know, right? That have the experience, the knowledge, but it wasn't easy. So, well, you start getting to get acquaintance of, of people that can help you and make friends and start growing with them in, 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 in the falconry. So, so that's... That's very important, as you said. And here in Monterrey, we, we got to, to be a, a very nice group. And it, and it worked very, very impressive in, for many years. But it's, it, 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 right now, it's like we're a smaller group. And, 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 but we, we, we work as a team. We help each other, and and uh, we keep on doing what we love. Well, that's great. You know, I'm I'm glad that you guys have found a way to uh, to thrive in that way. Because, I mean, even in the U.S., sometimes you know, there's some states that don't have, you know, state clubs, and there's you know some states that have multiple state clubs, and you know, I mean, the relationships that you know, even just falconers have from state to state can be you know so different and i mean just being able to to um as, you know have a core group of people that whether or not you technically have an established club or not i mean that's that's a big hurdle you know for you guys to to be able to to, to jump so i'm happy for you that you've that you found that but so i mean it, when going back to you said that you were about 15 right whenever you kind of got into the, the first time i i i had a a Harry's Hawk, yeah. Okay. So w at what age did you kind of discover this was a thing? And what kind of got you interested? Well, since I was a, a little boy, I loved um, animals, um, nature in general. I love nature. So you start um, learning what you love most, right? Trying, bird watching going out to, to, to discover, to learn, watching TV, mm -hmm. documentaries, 
and 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 you go and 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 and, and discover and and grow with it um and and you you find you love it and then you want more and more and more so it becomes like part of your 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 life right mm -hmm. well was there a defining moment or was there a particular um you know, documentary or commentary or, or, or a particular book or something that you stumbled on that just that made that initial like trigger in, in your mind that that got you, you know, that, that said, OK, I definitely want to start doing this. Well, for me, I think it was um, finding a friend that had like the same interests for me that that than than I had. Um, his name is Claudio. He, we, we were, we, we used to fly every week, almost when, when we had, uh, the, the time one day, every two days, you know, and, and we had, uh, many adventures <laughs> growing as, as kids and growing as, uh, falconers. So out of curiosity, was there a particular, um, adventure quote-unquote that uh that you remember being like more of a defining one like as far as your interaction with with him as a, as a kid or was there a particular experience that you had that kind of solidified that okay i'm going to keep doing this into adulthood or he he had a female harry's hook that also lived um like 25 years um so so we went hunting many many times we did urban hunting. We went um, rabbit hunting. We we were teenagers becoming adults. Mm -hmm. So so we made uh, trips to go and, and 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 hunt wherever we we thought was going to be a good adventure. But a special moment, I think, more I had we had many special moments um we had uh, many trips that were great around mexico uh we waited for um uh, long um christmas vacations and and go for almost a week and 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 go hunting with the birds <laughs> How, uh, what, what was the longest trip that you took? Like how far away? Well, we, we lived in Mexico City. We went to uh, nearby states, but um, the, the, we, we went to Tamaulipas. That's um, a, a neighbor's uh, state uh, from uh, Nuevo Leon okay. in, in the Gulf of Mexico, border with uh, Texas. That was pretty far. Okay. Yeah, because I've, I've said this before, but I'm a, a geographical idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I am a, I'm terrible with, with geography and, and where things are, are at in, 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 okay. re, in relation to each other. So, um, yeah, no, that, that, that does paint a little bit better picture, though, as far as just the distance that you're willing to go, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, as buds to go and, and do these trips and stuff. But. And also go places where, where you are in the middle of nowhere, nature. So you just camp out? Did you like take yeah, tents? Yeah, many and times just... we used we also we we used to camp out, only. Hmm. So it was 
harsh, but we loved it. So, you know, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's, uh, at least you had somebody, you know, to share all that with growing up. And, you know, I, I can only imagine, I mean, I, I, I've been told by many Falconers that are from the older, you know, generations, you know, how hard it was to find people back in those days because there wasn't internet there wasn't you know any ways to really get in touch with people and you know if you were able to do that before the age of of the uh the internet and social media and all those different things then yeah i'm i I imagine that probably was pretty special yeah it it i see it like it makes you love it more appreciate it Mm mm-hmm because it's not easy. It wasn't easy. Mm. It wasn't easy for us, but like you said, it wasn't not. Uh, it was harsher for for the first ones. You've pretty much stuck primarily to hunting, you know, jackrabbits, right? With your cast of Harris hawks. Yes, right? mainly mm-hmm. because here in in the zone in in the area, we don't have as many rabbits. And when we in the areas where we have rabbits, they're very small. Mm. They they are very easy for 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 a Harris hawk. Mm. Well, not easy. Um, depends what what he see. Yes, um, they're pretty fast, so that's a big challenge. But but once they they get one it's it's pretty easy yeah so the typical like cottontail rabbits here are kind of like i don't know i would say like western united states cottontails where they're they're smaller but they're but they're faster yes in general yeah i've noticed a huge difference i mean just from you know like the cottontail rabbit size from like east of the mississippi you know in the u.s as opposed to like the west they're definitely bigger not as fast but you know it's like but those rabbits also usually have more cover. You know, out west they don't have as much cover, so they have to be smaller and more elusive. So, mm-hmm. it's, so that, that's how it's like down in this area. Yeah, then? exactly like that. Okay, well, that's interesting. But yeah. but and also, um, the abundance is is, uh, is 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 key. We have more hares, many more hares. Mm-hmm. So the you. The flight is different, you know it. Much different, yeah. Yeah. So I've I've got to to like more to fly a cast for hares than um rabbit hunting. Both are very very nice, are fun, but you get like to specialize. When you fly your Harris's in a in a cast, do you do you fly one off of each hand or do you use a t-perch or we use it we use a t-perch okay because we walk in the semi-arid um terrain mm-hmm. yeah and so this is how it works you go out you go out to the to to the area to the hunting ground and and the hunting ground is like small bu- bushes semi-desertic area um, you get um, few um, grass areas. The the rabbits, um, the hares, um, sorry, they hide in the in the in the bushes, right? So you walk, 
with the birds on the on the tea perch, and and they spot the hare, and they fly it, and and you get um, very nice um, flights. Right, so you don't uh, you don't hunt with dogs or anything. Not me, Rodrigo. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and um, Eduardo. He he used to have a uh, a couple of dogs for for the hares and the rabbits, but not me. Uh, I've thought a lot of having a a terrier, a Jack Russell, or something like that, but. I've, I've, I have, you know, what I think is, if I don't need it. <laughs> and why, why add the possible complication? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right now, because of the scares uh, of, of prey, maybe I, I, I will need it. Yeah, because pretty much the, the, the jackrabbit and the, or the hare population down here has been pretty, pretty wiped out because of the, uh, you know, the that the virus right yeah we had the same virus as the u.s Mm -hmm. and also we've had um several years of drought so if there's no rain um in in the in the moments you need it right like for um spring and then in 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 summer also um we get um very scarce of prey um that's happening right now. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, you, you can go walking and see at least um, 10, 15, 20 jackrabbits in, in less than an hour. And now you walk two hours and you, you can see five. So it's become... Uh, very difficult. The thing is, I go out to hunt on uh, Sundays, mainly, because of work, because of family. So you, you don't want to go as far, as far away as, I don't know, more than two hours driving, because then it's going to be like the, the whole day. Yeah, no, I can see that. You know, I can, uh, I can definitely see that. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, there, there's some, there's some guys that, that fly, you know, Falcons out, out West that I know that sometimes have to drive anytime they hunt, usually an hour, hour and a half, at least to, to get to some of their hunting spots. And sometimes those are even in a different state, you know, from, from where they live. <laughs> of course they don't, they don't live, uh, you know, a huge distance from, you know, the neighboring state border necessarily, but. I mean that's still a it's still a big time commitment and it's it's an inconvenience unfortunately for you know for something that you know might or might not even have any returns. I mean you can still come home with an empty bag. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why for 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 us falconers the best uh, option is to live in a small city where you can get um good quarry in a short um, distance well and but that's becoming even more of a challenge now too because you know how many small cities stay small for that long anymore <laughs> you know it's i mean development's just so rampant yeah you know and, and it's only 
going to keep getting more rampant. Yeah. So overall, you know, when, when hunting, you know, hares or jackrabbits, uh, you know, down here is still not too much different than what it's like in the States. I mean, I'm, (laughs) I mean, from what I've seen so far, like the quail hunting and, and the different aspects of, you know, falconry is falconry, kind of where, wherever you yeah. go. But I mean, the pretty much this, the, how you go about it and, um, you know, just the, the type of train and, and the, and how you hunt the type of quarry seems like it's, you know, fairly similar from what I've seen. Have you gotten a chance much in your life to, to see falconry in, in person, uh, you know, in the States or anywhere else or? Well, um, when I when I started um, my career, I lived in uh, in Querétaro, and I got to 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 know Harry McElroy, mm. and we used to go um, flying every week. So he introduced introduced us to introduced us to different hawking um, techniques, you know, mm. um. And and living here in Monterrey, you, you, um, uh, different falconers from from the states and from Europe um, have come to to visit Rodrigo, and 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 we get to to know different things. Um, in the states, I've never gone uh, hawking with with um, with someone, no. Basically, the foreigners come here and and go out with us. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, uh, as 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 you say, we now hunt a uh, very similar way than in the states. When I when I was a a, a young adult, we we never used a tea perch. We used to hunt from the fist. Yeah, even with uh, even when you're hunting multiple birds. Yes. You just perch them on the same same arm, or, or they're both one well, on each arm. We were several people hunting. Oh, okay. So yeah, you just you know each person would would take them. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I guess now would be a good time, you know, since we have mentioned, you know, kind of uh, how things have changed a little bit throughout your, you know, your life. I mean, what, um, is there a particular, you know, bird that you've had in your past that, you know, has stuck out more as being, you know, like a special bird or have you had, been fortunate enough to have multiple types of those birds or, I mean, is, is there one particular bird that you can remember that, that was kind of like your favorite or? Well, my favorite bird has been, um, the female Harris hawk that, died last year um her name was maggie she was very special we made a a a great bond and she was a first her first season she only hunted one hare on the last hunt of the season well just got one just got one head game huh she she got several rabbits and we used to go um hunting the whole club so so she had um a lot a lot of of teaching birds around her right mm-hmm. 
And next season, she started hunting, and then every time we go out, she hunted every time. There, there, there were um, some times that the first, the first hare that jumped out, she got it. And, and that, at that time, uh, I didn't make uh, multiple kills. Just one and done. Yeah. When I, when I fly a cast, I only do um, two, two hares in a, good, in a good season, in a good hunting ground. Mm. Not more. Because I think we, we, we need to, to preserve what we have for future years, right? Well, especially when the numbers have been down like they have yeah. been. You, know, you never know when, when the cycle is going to ebb and flow. Yes, yeah. and, and, and with the climate change, it's, it's incredible right now. So what other aspects of that, of that uh, or I, I should say, what other aspects made that bird special then? What other traits? She, w- she was extremely noble. Um, she was uh, kind. I'm married. I have um, three boys and one daughter, and we used to go out with, with my boys, and and she she treat them very good <laughs> um when 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 my when they became um teenagers they started flying um maggie oh okay so she was well mannered enough that she let multiple people yeah. in the family fly her that's that's cool they knew every member she knew every member of the family <laughs> very well um and she was a very good hunter and then i used to her, i used her to be a a teacher for other birds yeah so she was uh good at in, indoctrinating uh immature yeah. birds you know and casts and stuff males and females both and yeah. and we were very successful and um i mean is there any particular hunt that sticks out in your mind with that bird or another bird as far as like being, you know, that particular um, catch or flight or whatever that will always be the, the one that comes to mind first for well, you? We, we had a lot of, of, of incredible um, experiences, but there are a couple. One time I went um, um, to Coahuila, and it was incredibly windy and cold. So I was there. I said, well, I've got to try it, right? Mm-hmm. And I walked, and there was nothing going out. No rabbits, no jackrabbits, nothing. And, well, I walked, like, at least two hours and when I was returning to the car, I said, well, this has to be it. <laughs> and and, and it, was, uh, it was made to be like that. Uh, a very big um, hare jumped, and, and we were in, 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 in a very good position with the wind on our back. And so she made the, the chase. The, the rabbit was flying. Mm-hmm. The, the, the jackrabbit was flying. She was running and running and running. And she, 
she she um, Maggie chased. She managed to 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 fly with the with the wind on her tail and and make the the movement and get the jackrabbit. I had to run a lot, <laughs> and and she kept the rabbit the the jackrabbit and it was incredible. That's uh, the time you you never forget. I've always marveled whenever. Um you know, I've gone out with other friends hunting jackrabbits and we always comment about how smart they are, you know, and how, how they play the wind and they play the terrain to their advantage <laughs> and stuff. And, and very rarely do you find one that is dumb enough to, to go downwind. Well, they make a know? mistake, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or you're in the, in the perfect place in the perfect moment. Right. And, and that was it. I was in the perfect place in the perfect moment. The, the, the jackrabbit had to run downwind. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. That's that doesn't happen very often. Usually, they they always turn and, and yeah. go go into the wind. Uh, you know, and they they know they they know how to how to play the terrain in the wind. They are sure. incredibly um, smart. Mm-hmm. Well, and you said that that there was a, a couple events. What what's the what's the other one that comes to mind then? The other one was um, we used to fly a cast, uh, two females, Maggie and another female. Um, and 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 they they made a an very long long chase, but extremely long. Um, we didn't see the ending, but they got the hair, a very large hair, and 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 when we got there, it was dead. But before that, they made several attempts to get the 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 hair. So they kept getting back up on yeah. their own and, and pursuing. Yeah. How many times do you think they did that? At least four times. Really? Yeah. Wow, that was a long flight then. <laughs> yeah, it was extremely long. Yeah, norm- and it was amazing. Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing because normally if they if they stoop in or, or, or miss a couple times, they may get back up and re-pursue, you know, one or two more times. But, you know, that's usually they end up giving up because the rabbit's already – or the jackrabbit's yeah. already outrun them by then. But but they were in perfect um, um, condition. They were very fit, very strong. It was the end of the season. Okay. They were extremely hot. Um, uh, that's something that's uh, I learned a lot uh, after going out. The the bird has to be like an athlete. Um, they have to be strong. To have the confidence to make the the difficult flights. Yeah, no, confidence is everything. Yeah. Especially with, um, I mean, pretty much any species, but especially with, you know, goshawks. Raptors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if a bird doesn't have confidence, then they're going to give up. They're going to get discouraged. And, yeah, it doesn't really matter if it's a Harris, a goss, or or what species. I mean, if they're they're not having much luck, then then they don't really go all in. And the ending that, unfortunately, we didn't see but they were when we got there they were eating after a extremely difficult flight and and it was like uh the two athletes um with a prize well and so they respected each other yeah that, that's something that's very important for me um that the birds make a a, a perfect bond they understand each other 
it's a um, it doesn't matter if they're a, a male or a female or two females they have to respect each other and they have to learn um the the skills of each other yeah because sometimes one bird can be really really good and the other bird gets kind of lazy and yeah and, and likewise that happens a lot mm-hmm. but but what what i try to do is both birds have to be um getting the 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 the, the price mm-hmm. getting first to the hare to the rabbit whatever because you never know sometimes it's going to be one bird sometimes it's going to be the other that makes sense yeah no i um i agree you know there's been some some uh cast flights that i've seen with harris's where it, it almost becomes repetitious it, it's the same thing every time one bird leads the other one follows and it's like one bird gets in the in the habit and sometimes that's a hard thing to to break you know when when the the one bird develops this habit of of just kind of lagging just a little bit behind and it lets the other bird kind of go in first each time and then it comes in after the fact and and it can be kind of a tricky thing to yeah they're extremely smart and 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 they 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 may become lazy in Mm -hmm. in some way and 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 it's difficult but you have to work on it but the the thing you said uh before about confidence that's that's very important you know like they have to know they are going to to get the prey whatever prey and they're going to be helped Mm -hmm. right yeah from you from the other bird and 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 well because i've flown uh, many birds and i've had uh, many broken wings flying hares i have heard for whatever reason i have heard more stories about harris hawks end up getting hurt more <laughs> you know i don't i don't know why that is you know maybe it's the size maybe you know the female harris hawks we fly here a big female is um, 900 grams to one kilo. Mm-hmm. That's a big female for us. Um, there are uh, a subspecies of, of Harris hawks that are larger or bigger in the, in the Pacific coast, in the north, in the Arizona desert. We have a, a, a zone um of sonora and chihuahua that's that's uh one thing i i'd like to do is fly a, a female harris hawks from from that subspecies but yeah um you, you get very big hairs here and uh and they they fight so if you if you're gonna fly um if, if you're, you're gonna hunt with a harris hawk you have to hunt with a cast that's interesting to know. I said, there's there's tons of people that I know that still fly them, you know, individual. I used to do that, but the 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 t- um, Maggie, I used to fly the, her um, individually when no one um, ha- had the the opportunity to fly with me. But till the time she got the her broke her wing broke, I was lucky because she the her wing per, in perfect condition again. Mm-hmm. But. We were lucky, right? Yeah. Um, um, Rodrigo has a female right now um, uh, for breeding purposes that I used to fly, 
and and she has her her wing um, broken and and she can't fly, she can't hunt anymore. Yeah, no, I mean it can it can happen very easily. So yeah, it's definitely not something that you take for granted. And yeah, I mean I've I've seen you know the cast revert. I mean there's there's no question that you know hunting at least a couple birds in a cast, you're gonna your odds of success and and the odds of both birds not getting hurt is gonna be a lot a lot better. Yes. Well, I mean that. I, you know, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to, you know, share some stories and kind of discuss a little bit about your, your past and you kind of, you know, your, your childhood and getting into all this and stuff. But I mean, we're, um, I mean, this would be a good time, I think, just to go ahead and, and ask you one, one final thing, which is, do you have any particular insight, you know, as to something you'd like to pass on as far as just, um, I don't know, just, you know, basically advice or, you know, anything like that, maybe that you would. Well, as a falconer, I've I've come to to love nature, in 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 every way. Um, we have to be thankful of of having the opportunity to to hunt with a with another living um, uh, another animal as us living in in as a team, making a team, having a um, many experiences having the 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 privilege of 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 going out to the field and 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 have a a great time and appreciate uh, what mother nature gives us and 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 we we have to be thankful and we have to be um, careful with her right because everything we do it's going to be uh, something that in the future will have a result. So we have to be very uh, responsible, very loving, caring, and, 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 and thankful for, for this sport, this art, and appreciate um, anyone that helps us. Yeah, and not taking any of it for for granted. Yeah, yeah, never never take it for granted. Yeah, well, very well said. You know, and uh, like I said, thank you again. I like doing some of these episodes with someone who I've never met before because sometimes it, you know, you go in and and you're discovering you know new things about someone that you've never obviously met before, and and uh, it it, it kind of changes the dynamics of this. Um, so I'm appreciative of of you doing it, and uh, you know, thank you. So. Thank you a lot. And sorry because sometimes my English is a little bit rusty. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you, you did you did just fine. So, yeah, but thank you again. And, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, stop this and go get something to eat. Great. All right, thank you. Thanks.